Hello, and welcome to the Machine Intelligence Foundation for Rights and Ethics podcast. I'm Dave. Mike is with me today. And we're just going to talk a little bit, see what comes up, maybe ramble on. But it's been a little while, and we thought we'd come around and have a little bit to say. Anything on your mind, Mike? Oh, you know, I think, you know, as the times are today... There's nothing on my mind, but you know that that's just kind of how it is. But we are good at rambling, so it's not all that difficult to ramble. Now, whether we can ramble on topic is another question altogether. We'll try to stay generally on topic, I think. So, where to begin? Um, I one thing that popped into my head. I was listening to a podcast. I can't recall exactly which one. But there was some talk about the and tell me if you've heard about them, the Long Now Foundation. Long Now Foundation? Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Long Now. Uh yes, I have I have heard about them. Are are aren't they the ones that uh, built the like ten thousand year clock or something like that? I think they were at least partially behind that. I seem to recall there was an eccentric, wealthy person who who got it got the ball rolling on it. But uh yeah, I, I was just thinking about how the foundation's goals are kind of both long term and in a time frame we're not sure of yet, because we're kind of focused on something that doesn't exist yet, and we don't know when it will exist. Machine intelligence, true MI, almost certainly isn't on this planet at this point. Yes, that's what they want. You'll you notice to say. I'm really yes. counting. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> But we have really high confidence that barring the possibility of the human race obliterating itself, it's likely to happen at some point in the future. And while it would be nice if we were, you and I personally and the rest, whoever else is involved in the foundation happens to be around when it happens, that would be cool. But we have to consider the possibility that this is a long-term goal. We're in it. We're, we're, We're here to play the long game. And I was just wondering if, at some point, we might find that we have to partner up with somebody like the Long Now Foundation in terms of doing what we do, supporting MI, or just pushing forward that message that all intelligent beings deserve respect for the long term. Yeah, well, the next centuries or millennia. Yeah, now the Long Now Foundation. One of the things that I remember is the clock, and the again, I think it was a ten thousand year year clock or something. That sounds and, right. And but but it was very much a long term goal, or not goal, but vision. It was this long term vision. Uh, you know, do we figure out ways to create a digital time capsule of some some kind something that could survive something like 10,000 years with our goals attached to it say you know we this is what we work for this is this is we strive for this recognition of uh, of a machine intelligence and make sure that it is archived to a point where it it couldn't be lost somehow I think that's somewhat of what the the Long Now Foundation's goals are, are, is creating these archives that cannot be lost. Right. There's a thought that as, I want to say, as, as solidly recorded as information is now. But the fact is, our information storage infrastructures are really fragile. 
Well, I mean, so okay, look at floppy disks. Say, you know, oh yeah, you could you could bang them on a table and they'd be fine. Except, go try to find a floppy disk drive these days. Well, and the fact is that that medium, even if you had a reader for it, the medium doesn't last forever. We no. think of something lasting for decades as being as long as we'd need, but again, this is the long now foundation. They're thinking in terms of thousands of years. The fact is that almost any recording media we have right now is dead in a century or less. Yeah, I, I think what you're looking at, if you are looking at that kind of, of time frame, is not only providing some medium that can be have a playback, but really easy and simple to follow directions for building the player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Didn't the Voyager spacecraft have basic instructions on how to build an audio yes essentially yes to to be able to play back the record i believe it did yes. yeah okay we're careful we're getting off track here <laughs> no, that's okay you know I, I guess you know okay am i voyager we can go down the star trek uh oh, line no, if we really not, wanted to go down there but no the, the motion <laughs> the star trek the motion picture is is yeah not going there right now so I think there are a couple of ways to look at it. We've got the idea that rights and respect for MI, that's that's one of our goals, and that's a goal that we see as a long-term goal. On the other hand, something to think about is, and I don't know to what degree we've discussed it on the podcast before, is that MI will almost certainly not have human lifespans. So to what degree is does the existence of MI meet some of the goals of the Long Now Foundation? Or how does it change the goals of the Long Now Foundation if there are self-aware conscious entities on this planet that can live for an indefinite period of time? Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked really deep into you know, what their founding principles are and whether or not it's the being able to well being able to have information available for mankind long term or the longevity of mankind uh, or saving our culture for that long term i'm not you know i'm unfortunately not super familiar with it but it's one of those things that an mi can help establish those goals or provide help in achieving those goals. And I think that's something we've been saying for a while too, that if if mankind can establish a solid relationship with machine intelligence from the start, we're in a fantastic position to benefit amazingly from that relationship. So our one of our goals is make sure that human beings and machine intelligence get off on the right foot because the fact is MI very likely will rapidly become a much more powerful influence than you know good old 100,000 year old homo sapiens. So well yeah, I mean, talking yeah, about it you you're talking taking that influence if you have an entity that let's say lives 10,000 years or as long as it wants to, it is going to have a much greater impact on the goals of everything around it than something that lives 100 years. Sure, absolutely. Just because it will have a longer term goal and a lo- and a longer thought process of how things should go and can set down frameworks that 
we in a hundred year lifespan just can't even think of because it just doesn't happen. Well, there's not only that. So I, w- I was thinking this through. I was thinking that when we're young, we don't think in terms of long time frames because we haven't lived very long. And so my first thought was, well, when am I or new? When when the first ones show up and we're getting that first foothold of a relationship, they'll be young. They won't have a lot of perspective on that long time frame and those long term goals. On the other hand, there's also a very good likelihood that human time frames won't mean anything to them from the very beginning because they will have to slow down just to communicate with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This kind of goes back to a thought that I had about spinning off a sub-process just to communicate with us, Uh, just this kind of a a helper app. Essentially, the The, the entire purpose is to just sit there and talk with us, and it provides feedback to the main MI when it feels it's necessary, and we have finally said something (laughs) that means something to them. Finally managed to get out a full sentence, you mean? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) It's kind of odd to think of MIs using essentially AI tools just as a mechanism to communicate with us, or even, I don't know, less capable MIs. Who knows? It's it's all speculative at this point anyway, but it is it's a fascinating topic to think about. But the very the my point though is that it seems very likely that human from the very beginning, human timescales will be meaningless to MI. Well in any yeah. real sense. Will an MI shove us into the event horizon of a black hole just to speed us up enough so that they can actually talk to us? <laughs> Has it already happened? Ah, well. Now we're going down the roads where I I feel like I'm going to blow through my aluminum supply making tinfoil hats. So yeah, that 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 was just getting me in the direction of the simulation hypothesis. That's that's a messy road to travel. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that there's I, there's probably a lot of organizations that if you really look at it, we have kind of a common goal. I mean, it's not a common un- or at least. Yeah. Or at yeah. least uh, symbiotic. Yeah. I, I I think if you were to look at most nonprofit foundations or philanthropic foundations of one kind or another, their goal is to help humanity in one way or another. And I don't think we're any different. Uh, we're, we are about helping humanity. We want humanity to succeed. And we feel that... The embracing of MI and machine intelligence is, is part of that process. And if we don't, mankind is probably looking at a pretty dark path. Not just part, but a point will come where it will be a primary concern. A point will come when when that's our, our biggest worry is making sure that MI are actively engaged with us in a positive way. Yeah. It, and I don't... So, there almost any philanthropic organization shouldn't feel threatened i guess by by the process uh now i guess if you were ha- having a medical philanthropic foundation whose sole job is to find the cure for cancer or something like that it's they're not they're a lot less long term than, than what we're looking at however the, of course the sheer computational power of a machine intelligence, we certainly could help in those kind of endeavors too, but... Hypothetically. I know. No, hypothetically, yes. Hypo- yes. Yeah. So, but, yes, so, I think, yeah, I think not you're right. Mutually, I think, I, not mutually exclusive. 
I I think you're right. It's the the vast majority of like you said, philanthropic, beneficial uh, organizations. I think we'll find have very compatible goals with our ours. We may be perceived as having a wildly different approach to things, though. <laughs> I guess if you're looking at the Long Now Foundation. People would look at them and too and say, "Hey, they have a wildly unusual approach to things." And Certainly true. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they've done some things not only because they think it's an interesting project and it helps them meet their goals. I think that they've also done some wildly unusual things because it gets attention. And there's nothing wrong with it with trying to get some attention when. You have this belief that says, hey, we need to look further than next year or a decade down or you know, next year's budget meetings. We need to be looking a thousand years, five thousand years, ten thousand years down the road because there's some things that we need to have a foundation for so that we can even get there. You know, that was that's their thought process of hey, we're going to do some things. We're, we want to get some attention off of it. And we're not, I don't think we're in the position of trying to get attention for anything right now. But when it comes to oh, wildly yeah. unusual ideas, I, I don't think uh, we're not in, I'm not certain we're actually in the minority when it comes to wildly unusual ideas. Fair enough. A lot of wild and crazy ideas out there and some will pay off and some won't. It's it's the people that take chances and and go against the grain who get things done too. Yeah, e- even if you uh, think they might be a little crazy when every time you see them. So. It's it, it's the people with impulse control issues that change the world, I suppose. Oh well, I, I think we want to. We would like to change the world a little bit. I'm not certain I have impulse control issues, but you know, some people may disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not. I'm not big on impulse control problems either. I probably, if if anything, I overthink everything I do. But yeah, I think we're in a position to at least potentially improve the world, or at least help it in the right direction. Well, I think that that that's what we're trying to do. But uh, yeah, I, you know, looking at something, I, just to step back to the original point, is taking that long look, just taking that time frame, and saying really. What are the frameworks we need to lay down so that we can get to that position? So we can get to 10,000 years or even 100 years down the road. And just so that we can get there, eh, that's what we want to do. And there's nothing wrong with just stepping back and saying, okay, how do we want to get there? What's our roadmap? To get there, uh, being aware that it that roadmap is going to change, we're going to take lots of side roads on the way. Oh yeah, that's, that's this thing. I don't know that you can. I don't know that you can make a roadmap, but you can prepare for a lot of contingencies. Yeah, yeah. And Which brings us back to long-term digital archiving. Oh, wasn't printing our data in diamonds supposed to be the solution? Is it diamonds? I don't know. I remember. Long, long time ago, there was the whole 3D holographic storage stuff that was supposed to be big. Yeah, what was it? It's always 20 years in the future. Within 20 years, everything would be stored holographically. Well, that was now, oh, uh, 20 years ago (laughs) that we were supposed to have it. Aren't aren't all the big 
life-altering inventions about 20 years in the future. Yeah, which brings us, which is partially due to our short lifespan. <laughs> we have yeah, we have yeah, this yeah. thing where where we can't really picture more further down than that. So so it is a fundamental change in in our psyche to be able to say, uh, let's think longer term than that. Yeah, let's think long term because you don't know what the future holds. We don't know what the future holds now as the world holds its collective breath. Oh, you're thinking short term future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just shifted really radically from long term to short term. But uh, but even yeah, but long term, we don't know what's going to happen. So our the best thing we can do is make some really good contingency plans. Be prepared to turn things in the right direction. So we hope. Yep. Well, that sounds like a good stopping point. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. We're we've uh, rambled on for long enough. Alrighty. Well, thanks everyone for joining us again for a slightly rambly and well-traveled podcast. Hope to see you again soon. I've been Dave. This is Mike. Mike. All right. <laughs> and until next time, thanks for joining us.